In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Our sermon text this morning is the Galatians 5, 16 to 24 reading, our epistle reading for today. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, who does what to us, kids? Sanctifies us. St. Paul says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. So this isn't a, a, a finalized category, a finalized list. It's open-ended. So you can kind of get the flavor of these kind of sins and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, he says, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So these kind of things, again, open-ended, these sorts of good, honest, truthful, beautiful things are God's and there is no law against them. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Dear saints, Paul has told us what sin wants. He calls it the desires of the flesh. And he told us we want to do them. It's to keep us, the reason the spirit and the, and the flesh are opposed to each other is because it is keeping us from doing the thing we want to do. The thing you want to do is on the naughty list. The thing you don't want to do is on the good list, right? He's also told us what that good list looks like in us, how we will behave, what we will do, what the Spirit of God looks like in the Christian. You've been baptized in Christ Jesus just like Judy was, praise be to God. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. It makes you look a certain way. It makes you behave, think, operate a certain way. We do not, as a faithful church, preach a gratification of the flesh. False prophets do that. Wolves preach that the spirit and the flesh need not be at war with each other. You know, peace. Why do we have to be so hard to get along with? Wolves preach that the two things can be married together. They preach that we're at peace. In the name of Jesus, they preach this. But the Christian's life is not one of peace. Sorry to say, it's one of war. Life is not easy because war never is. Not war with God. Look at Romans 5. God has made peace with the world, with us. We are at true, utter peace with him. In that sense, the Christian life is always peaceful. But with the war against the world, that the world is waging against God, there will never be peace. Not without Christ. 
We don't preach fetish festivals on Fridays and then spirit-filled church services on Sundays. We don't do that kind of a thing. We don't allow for things to happen in the light that should be relegated to the darkness. We shine light into the darkness and make those things either repent or scurry away. That's what happens. Our society doesn't get that anymore. That's why I can use the term fetish festival in a sermon and everyone knows what I'm talking about. Shame on America. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 20 to 22, what pagan sacrifice they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons, Paul says. You cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy, he says. Are we stronger than God? God's word is clear. You have it right in front of you right now. You have it even printed out on an insert so you can hold it. If you don't have a Bible at home, you have at least this bit of text in front of you. Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Those who participate in sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and these sorts of things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Not from Pastor Bramwell's lips. Not from the marquee at 795 Birding Street. From God's word. God's word. This is why you hear me preaching against these evils. Yes, even in our small little Rockwellian town that we love so much, the war rages. These sins are deadly for our neighbors, for your friends and family members. Your dearest loved ones are at risk of eternal death if they believe they can gratify the desires of the flesh and give lip service to God. The desires of the flesh are against the spirit, Paul says. Why? To keep us from doing them because they hurt us. Don't touch the stove, it'll burn you. But I want to. Told you. That's not a mean thing. The word no is not always a mean thing. In fact, it's one of the most loving words. Praise be to God, the kids normally learn it first. Whose first word was no? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yours for sure. <laughs> Mine probably was too. You hear me speak against things that upset our neighbors. You hear me denounce the sins of the LGBTQ. Why? Because St. Paul says participating in sexual immorality, impurity, and sensuality will keep the participants of the LGBTQ lifestyle from inheriting the kingdom of God. It's because I love them. It's because you love them. That you haven't thrown me out yet. I haven't had to dust off my sandals because you love your neighbors and you want to hear the word of God preached to them. Even if it means they'll be mad at me and you and God. 
You heard me speak against the racism of the Black Lives Matter movement, and I will quickly add any form of racism to that list. Yes, including white on black. All racism is evil, all of it, period. It cultivates enmity, back to our list. Strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, and envy. All of that is built into racism. We saw all of that in the summer of 2020. Burning down other Rockwellian streets that could have just as well been Main Street if we were a little closer to a, a general population. If we didn't have a special bridge and a river separating us from the rest of the world. And this is what godless people are doing. Stoking hate. The prevailing racism of our day happens to be against white people. I know that sounds really weird to say. That's the truth. Those who participate in stoking racist division any day and age, in any day, will not inherit the kingdom of God because they're doing these things. Black against white, white against black, Indian against white, white against Indian, fill in the blank. It can go any way. All of it is wrong. Any way that is proposed, it's evil because we are all descendants of Adam and Eve and we are all supposed to be made holy in Christ Jesus if only we would listen to his word. And we as Christians will speak against all of it. The color of our skin will not prevent us from speaking freely about racism. Let the world call it what it is, or what, what, they want, what they want. They won't call it what it is. They'll call it what they want. This is why even though some of our neighbors want to breed hate and discontent in our community, we won't quit speaking against the assaults of a godless generation working to lead our loved ones and all other neighbors that we don't even know, present and in the, in the years to come, our children and their children, we won't let a godless generation lead them away from God. Silence God's word. Tar and feather is what I will have to be. Tar and feather before I stop. And the only reason I would stop is because the tar and feathers would be in my mouth. You too. You too. I know this is you. Which is why I described you all as not being spineless city tenderfeet. Is that how you say it in the plural? <laughs> tenderfoot. I don't know how you say tenderfoot in the plural. How, or, yeah, how would you say that? Yeah. Lynn, you got an idea? <laughs> see, I see your brain thinking about it. <laughs> tender, tender, tenderfoots? Tenderfeet. <laughs> because you speak God's word. You live it out. What is the fruit of the spirit? It's not drunkenness and orgies. It's not sexual immorality and enmity. It's love. True love. Not, not Hallmark card or Hallmark channel pleasantries. Those are nice stories, but that's not the definition of love. There's some love in there. Perhaps. I don't really watch those shows that don't appeal to me. I like things to blow up when I turn on the TV, but they... <laughs> this has nothing to do with love or anything. It's just, you know... Self-sacrificial love. I will hang on a cross for you, love. Innocent Jesus being killed for the guilty, willing to take the stripes that we deserve in our place, love. That's love. 
being smeared, attacked, trashed, attacked for speaking the truth to those who need to hear it, love. Joy is on this list. Rejoicing over the good news of Christ crucified. Joy. Christ crucified for our redemption. I get to participate in that. You get to participate in that. And so we rejoice over our suffering, Paul says. Well, you have to actually suffer to be able to rejoice in your suffering. Bring it on. Bring it on. Satan can't give me enough. His fleshly desires, my fleshly desires, the person's fleshly desires, are daily crucified when they are in Christ. And so there is joy. He, he repents, the Christian repents of his wicked desires instead of gratifying them. Doesn't mean they go away. You can live your whole life having a, a temptation to want to con- contribute or contribute, uh, con- commit, can't find my words, a certain sin. I always bring up the bubble gum at Red Front. It used to be 7-Eleven, but we don't have one of those. Um, just because it's kind of an innocent thing to bring up and nobody like, gets nailed to the wall when I talk about it unless you're a gum kleptomaniac. <laughs> if that's the case, I'm talking to Brenda and she's putting in a camera. <laughs> but we, re- we repent of our gum stealing. We don't keep doing it. We stop it. And we, we remove ourselves from situations where we might feel tempted to do it. So if I can't help but steal gum when I go into Red Front, guess where I'm not going? Red Front. I'm going to Valley. (laughs) Peace. Peace is where there is no worry for the Christian, the man of the Spirit. His fleshly desires are daily crucified, and he is at peace in his gift, his gift from the Lord. He's patient as well. From our list, despite the sinful world he inhabits, he's patient. He's patient under the burdens of his own sins that he contributes to make this world sinful. Don't think you don't. We all do. I have contributed far more than my portion of sins to this world to make it an ugly place for you. And for that, I am repentant and I, for, I ask for forgiveness, as you do too. But also of the sins that we experience aimed at us by others. We're patient with others when they sin against us, when they attack us, when they hurt us, when they lash out at us, when they, when they do the things on the, the naughty list, so to speak. We're patient with them. We speak the truth. We don't stop doing that. We let the Holy Spirit guide us. And we pray that the Father would send us more of his Holy Spirit. Give me more of that love. Give me more of that patience, more of that joy so that I can be like you, Dad. Let me be like you. Because you have never stopped loving me, though I keep sinning. You are ultimately patient. The Lord has endured all of our sins, and he is patient with us, waiting to bring us to the redemption he has secured on the cross of Christ Jesus. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, these words describe you, dear saint. Christians, kind, good, and faithful Recently, I was publicly called unkind. True story, among other things. But we can focus on this one for the sake of understanding what kindness looks like. And this is the thing. We live in a postmodern world with relative definitions. Someone's definition can be completely different than ours. And they're going to use the word louder, and we're going to start to think that's what the definition means. It doesn't. So being called unkind doesn't mean, just, doesn't mean I don't have a 
pleasant disposition. I think everyone would say I'm a pretty pleasant person to be around, and that's not toot my own horn. It's because I've learned from James. <laughs> no, it's not about disposition at all. It's about willingness to speak truth. What's the most kind thing you can do? Be honest, be honest with someone. Tell them the truth. My, ac- my uh, accusation of being unkind was related to our sign, go figure, re- regarding kids going back to school. In se- September, after all. So the sign said, back to school to hate knowledge? Asked a question. And then I cited Proverbs 1, 29 to 33, but I don't think anybody took the time to look it up. Was I unkind because I used the word hate in conjunction with school? I think that's what it was. There was the word school and there was the word hate, and therefore that's an evil thing to say. Has school become so sacrosanct in our culture, so off-limits? Is it our cow, our golden calf that we cannot slaughter? Are we not even allowed as taxpayers and a parent of someone who's in the public school to ask, what are they learning? What are they teaching my kid? Is my child going back to school to learn to hate knowledge? Well, I need to look up Proverbs 1, 29 to 33 to know what I'm saying there. And what does that say? Go ahead and turn with me there if you want to. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. They hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. That's a pretty kind thing to point people to. If you know Jesus, if you fear the Lord, you have the beginning of knowledge, beginning of wisdom, understanding. And then guess what? You're not worried about the dread of disaster. I think everyone in our society needs a big inoculation of not fearing the disaster. For the last two some plus years, it's been heightened up to volume 11. Disaster after disaster after disaster. Look, wonder what it would be like if our public schools were teaching at least a little bit of Jesus. Don't use his name if you don't want to, but maybe teach him this proverb that you would dwell secure and be at ease without dread of disaster. We could come back from the precipice of thinking our world is about to blow up. We could be at peace. We could learn not to hate one another. There's nothing unkind about recognizing from whom true knowledge comes. And that turning away from Christ Jesus, whom true knowledge is, leads to destruction. Mm -hmm. Nothing unkind about saying that. Would it be unkind, Bob, if I told you, let's go sky... Oh, wait, I got to switch. I'm not going to put you in the hot seat. Jean, would it be unkind if I said, let's go skydiving? She's skydived before. But then when we get up there, (laughs) if I told you, let's go, we go up, I have a parachute and I say, you'll be okay with that one. Let's go. (laughs) Is that kind? That's not kind. That's horrendous. And Casey would come arrest me. (laughs) The unkindness is found in pretending that a school that encourages the gratification of the desires of the flesh is teaching anything resembling true knowledge. And it's not a political matter, as much as they might want to label it that. Hanging up rainbow flags is theological. Hanging up gender identity flags is theological. Mm -hmm. Teaching evolution is theological. Mm -hmm. Teaching critical race theory and teaching all little white kids 
which I got to say is predominantly what we have in Ferndale, not a racist comment, it, teaching them to hate themselves because of the color of their skin and to have forever, to, forever to have to pay reparations of guilt in their heart for something six generations ago happened in a whole different part of the world is unneeded and extremely unkind. Amen. I'm a little bit on a soapbox today, but I'm still preaching the truth. Yeah. <laughs> if the world hates you, Jesus says, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, sanctification language, my friends, therefore the world hates you. And so I say, praise be to God, the world hates us. I would rather be hated by the world than loved by them. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It is with these things that we speak the truth in love to our neighbors and hear it for ourselves. And we are still doing that all right now. You can be upset righteously without losing self-control, without not being gentle, without not being faithful. We repent of our sin daily and we turn back to our baptism. Judy, to our baptism. Trusting that we are those who belong to Christ Jesus. Every single one of you, if you believe in Jesus, if you confess with your lips what you believe in your heart, you are saved. If you deny what is in your heart and you do not confess, well, that's a different matter. But I'm looking at a group of people who believe in Jesus, who love the Lord with all their heart, soul, strength, and mind as much as they possibly can as, what's the Latin word? as same time saints and sinners can. <laughs> Not giving our old evil Adam a foot to stand on, but relying solely on the new man, Jesus Christ. He is your eternal Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 In the name of Jesus. Amen.